when I met people who just encourage you and who are just passionate. You're like, that's what I want. I want that passion. Welcome to another episode of the All of Life Show. I'm one of your hosts, Stuart White, along with my wife. Oh, wait, she's not here today. Today, I have a very special guest, my good friend, Jared Lopez. Jared and I have known each other for probably the better part of 20 years now, and um, we are going to have a special episode today because we're talking about a podcast that Jared and I are both going to be starting. Welcome to the show, Jared. Thank you, Stuart. So, to to catch everybody up on what it is that we're doing. Um, Jared and I got talking and we had this idea of whenever we get together, we, we know each other from Bible college. Uh, and the inevitable thing is, Hey, what happened to that one guy? Or, Hey, have you ever talked to so-and-so something like that comes up in conversation almost every time. And we occasionally it'll be somebody who, Oh, they are not walking with the Lord anymore. Or, Maybe they are, or maybe they've been through a really hard time. And we are like, wouldn't it be interesting to do a podcast? It might just be interesting to us, but <laughs> interesting <laughs> to do a podcast where we call up and interview people. We give them notice, of course, who we have known, and maybe even down the line, people we haven't known uh, right. fr- who have had some sort of church or Bible college background. And we ask them the question of, how's your faith? So mm. the idea for the show is, dude, how's your faith? At least that's the working title, right? Well, we know that's going to have dude. Um, that's yeah. that's the non-negotiable. It might uh, just be called dude. Well, and I think we're both children of the 90s. And so if you stray away from who you are, I mean, what what are you really <laughs> yeah. at that point? Yeah, You don't um, want to give up your identity. No, no. I, and I think you're right. I mean, we always kind of, you know, venture back to you were uh, obviously you know, uh, a little more in and out there than I was. I was, I was always been a little shy. Um, in the Bible college nope. days. Yeah. Well, and two, I mean, you just had a great way of like connecting with people and I, I really don't, um, I get inside my own head and I'm like, they don't like me. Like, I'm just not going to even uh, give it the time of day. Why waste my time and their time? And you know, then they just give me a look and I'm like, it's over. There it is. <laughs> See, it's funny to hear you say that because I remember it quite differently. And I think it's just proof of everybody has that imposter syndrome kind of thing going on. But I remember uh, just being like kind of shy. Like I was always a shy kid growing up. And mm. then I just did everything I could to push myself out of that rather than coddle it. Leading worship, playing guitar, like getting involved in things that uh, were very challenging and potentially humiliating. <laughs> uh, but it forced me outside of my shell and uh, but I just remember first time meeting you in Bible college and I don't know who you were hanging out with but you came up and you talked with uh, a group of us and uh, I was just I just remember thinking that guy's pretty funny he's he's got like a great like great comic timing he's got he's well worked on it yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) practice but uh, well so to this idea of of this podcast that we want to start um what is like the one thing that you anticipate or fear the most in going into this? Uh, and then what is something that you're, you're really looking forward to? So it's probably the same and I hate to be that guy. Um, so, you know, you and I have talked about, you know, just kind of our own journeys, um, you know, both kind of 
you know, I, I thought I was going to be in the ministry as a kid and all that kind of jazz and, you know, kind of, you know, moving from that and kind of, as you move forward, you realize that your life isn't always what you think your life is going to be. Yeah. And there's kind of, in a sense, like a disillusionment. And then there's that, I love how, you know, you hear people say, you know, um, you can't be Peter Pan forever. You know, you got to eventually grow up and you got to be a man, but nobody wants that, you know, and, and that's not going on. So the thing that I, I don't want, or I'm not looking forward to is people kind of miss, um, maybe misjudging or misunderstanding, like what we want to do. Um, I honestly and truly just want to hear what people have to say, mm-hmm. because the biggest part of me, the weirdest part of me just wants to understand. So like, I, I am a, I am, um, we, we did a game, uh, at like a family dinner and it was like, um, what do you, what would you have been if you're, you know, not what you're in right now? And like, I was like, I would have loved to be like a psychologist, not, yeah. not going through all the school, but you know, <laughs> I'd love to not be that serious about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. I just want to um, probe and ask people questions. Personal well, you know, questions. it's like, it's one of those things where I love observing human behavior and I love understanding why people do certain things because, you know, it's that age old thing of, you know, you don't know somebody's, you know, dog died or their mom died or their whatever happened and you don't know their past. And, you know, it's like, well, they need to get over it. Well, you know, sometimes those things really do shape you. And if you don't address them, if you don't overcome them, then, you know, they're, they have that power over you. And so I'm just, I'm honestly and truly just really interested in someone's story. So what scares me the most is that somebody would just be completely offended and just, um, just hate us. I know like, um, like as a pastor, like, you know, like it was a tiny church and, but there was this one situation and I know it's so weird, but I think about it all the time where this guy came in and he was dating this girl and he was part of like this super weird culty church. And, um, you know, it was a really tight knit family. So they're like, you know, Jared, will you talk to him? And I was like, sure. Like, you know, and so him and I talked and this guy was like probably one of the most sincere, nicest people, you know, he just had been, he just didn't understand, like he had been deceived. And it was like, listen, man, don't let this shape you. Like you have to understand what truth. And it was just a great conversation. And I, I remember this conversation really well. Cause that was the night, like my dad called me and told me he had cancer. And so like, it's one of those nights that I remember like with mm. like complete clarity, yeah, like so vivid. You, you, you cannot tell me what you couldn't tell me about that night because I remember it like, beyond belief it's one of the, you know how like you kind of have those things and so he left and he was like thank you and i was like hey man no problem and it was after that you know and so down the road like his wife talked to my wife cassie and was like well yeah you know he doesn't really like jared because of what jared said to the family and i was like what did i say and i'm like well that you know he was like a cultish guy and that he was this and i was like she's like jared never said that somebody else who said that and i it got put in my mouth and like i've never really seen this guy since then and like i've seen him from afar and it's just like i feel cringy and i'm just like how do i explain to this guy like that wasn't me like i i i didn't those words were not my words and like it it bothers me because it's like um that misrepresentation Mm -hmm. and him not feeling that like i um knew who he was or appreciated who he was but it was just like you know i just completely you know threw you under the bus yeah um, so that's what i'm afraid of i would say is is that happening um what i'm excited about is just for myself um i, I would say i've changed a lot in the probably the past five years that i've not been a pastor in a church and kind of like 
Um, I always kind of go by that one song. Um, well, I grew up in the oldies, okay? So, like, I love, um, like, really, really old movies, like Bing Crosby, and I love, like, Charlie Chaplin, and I love, like, all this old stuff. And so uh, what I always think about is, like, uh, the song in White Christmas, like, what do you do with the general when he stops being a general? You know, they all get a general, but a job, um, they all get a job, but a general no one hires. Mm. And so, like, I think about that, like, what do you do with a pastor who stops being a pastor? You know, yeah. like, there's, there's really nowhere to put him. And so then you just feel awkward and you feel useless. And it's really like made me understand people who are like, um, well, I don't want to go to church or I don't want to do this. And I don't want, and I'm like, man, I was so judgy. And so I guess in a sense, like I'm excited to hear people like there's, there's nothing more refreshing to me than honesty. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, you know, um, obviously honesty has to be tempered in some senses when people are like, you know, correcting you, but just pure honesty is one of the, it's one of the most refreshing things. Um, so that's what I really want to see. And just, Sometimes, you know, um, like we've talked about before, you know, just the ability to form your past into words helps you paint a picture of it that you can actually deal with. You say, okay, well, now I now I see it and now I understand it. Now I can either, you know, recognize it, and move on from it, or I can see this as something shaping me or, you know, I know that this is something I need to do in order to, you know, go to X, Y, and Z. This is that boulder I have to go over. So, yeah, I've heard people put it like, you have to own it to disown or uh, mm. you, you have to be able to name the the root cause problem type of thing in order to address it. Like, um, yeah. and, and I get that. Like, I don't mean, I don't, I wouldn't take it to this point of there's some mystical, magical thing. It's really just more like logical, truthful. If, if you want to address like, let's take a, a broken arm and, mm-hmm. and you're, you're like, Hey, uh, Jared got hurt. And people are like, well, how? Well, I don't know. He just he just got hurt. Well, sh- should I bring him like medical attention? Uh, probably. What do you need? Uh, oh, I don't know. He's just hurt. Like if you can't identify what actually is damaged, it's going to be a lot more difficult to address. And and I think yeah. that that's very true of the way that people interact um, with Christians. Christians interacting with other Christians. Hmm. Um, yeah, I I would say. I'm on the same level with you on that. Like I, I feel a concern that people would ever get the wrong idea that the intention is somehow like a gotcha thing or that we would, yeah. we would be going out there looking to just beat someone over the head because they're here's they're, where you went wrong. Yeah. And here's why. <laughs> yeah. And yet I, I also have this hope. Like I know Jesus even tells that parable of the sower and the seed and there, he, he never said like, so go out and, and fix that you know, go fix where the seed got scattered wrong. He's like, look, your job is go out and preach the gospel. You you can't make the seed grow. Um, and you're going to be scattering in some places where it looks real good, it looks real healthy, and yet you're going to have moments where, oh, it got, you know, plucked up by the birds or it didn't actually take root. And, and that's the thing that's very curious to me is, as we've talked about things like we know of people who, we knew were just on fire for Jesus um, and, and just had a deep love for him. And now it would seem, you know, they, they may not, they, they have totally walked away or rejected it. And more than anything, it's that curiosity in me. Like, so what, what happened? Why, how did you go from here to here? That's what I, I want to know, but I, I want to ask it in, in a very genuine, sincere manner and not beat people over the head but I also want to be open. Like I want to be open to how the Holy Spirit would actually work in this, how God might use us to love that person. Um, Cause you know, most of the time, 
you, you get people who've been hurt or wounded and they tend to lash out, like hurt people, hurt people, that saying, you know, yeah. um, and it's not just a saying though. It's very true. People who have been hurt by other Christians, by the church, maybe even things outside the church, uh, that, that challenged their faith, that made them doubt God is good or that he even exists, um, they, they can be angry. They can be upset. And so, you know, I don't, I, I'm like you, I don't want to just go out there and like make it seem like, hey, we're trying to pick a fight with somebody. but Or we're trying to like get them to um, like reconvert. Because it's not just that. I mean, like it's people who have done really well, you know, it's looking at, you know, kind of yeah. both sides of the coin. Um, right. You know, from, you know, yeah. The, the temptation too is going to be, oh, you look like you still go to church, so you must be fine, you know? And, <laughs> you must be doing real well. Yeah, and it's like your journey, your life, your path that God has put you on isn't over yet, and we don't know where things will end up, you know? And obviously there there is that piece of it's encouraging to find people who are like, look, I've gone through the ringer, and yet God is still good. God is still faithful. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I was tempted to doubt, but I didn't. Uh, I, I do think that there is something even like you could even say like a therapeutic type of effect. I, I hate using that word um, just due to like the way it gets used in Christianity. Yeah. Um, but sometimes some some people may have gone through something where they've never really gotten to discuss it with somebody who um, was willing to listen and willing to love them. And you never know how far that may go. Uh, but, but again, I know you and I both ha- are on the same page as far as we want to talk to people and we want to love them like Jesus would love them. Um, and, and not just come at them and, and be screaming at them and, uh, and you know, th- the way that so many people tend to do like, Oh, I got, I know everything that's wrong with you and I'm, I've got all your problems fixed. I got um, a list right here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think sometimes the biggest thing that you can do for people is go, I'm really sorry that happened to you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really sorry that, that, that you've been hurting like this and that you haven't had anyone to talk to. Um, and, and I know there are Christians out there who would say they're still walking, and but they're carrying that baggage. They're carrying that, that pain and, and burden that uh, they, they were hurt, they were wounded. Um, maybe it was by a family member. Maybe it was by a church or a pastor or something else entirely. But shame has a way of silencing us and keeping us from addressing things. And so that's something I know that we, we both want to be able to, to do as we're talking um, to people. But I think I'm to throw a, a bonus round in there. I, I, I am afraid <laughs> a little bit of, um, will anybody even want to listen to this? <laughs> will anybody like as, as any podcaster would say, um, we, we've been doing this show, the all of life show for, over a year now and yeah. and while we have people listening y- you think everybody goes into things thinking oh i'm gonna get a million downloads in the first month i just know it that's not the reality for 99 percent of the people doing this but we are called uh, i i really love this we interviewed nancy piercy uh, about a month ago and yeah. something that she said that really stuck out was we are called not to be successful just to be faithful and so mm-hmm. she says, when I write a book, I never think, oh, I hope this sells a million copies. Uh, when I, I go and speak or, or preach, you're, you know, uh, whatever it is you're doing, you're never like, oh, I hope that everybody just gets saved because that, that'll be so good. And, and not arguing, that would be good. But she's like, that's not on me. That's on the Lord. Like, that's, that's his work being done. And so I'm called to be faithful. And I struggle with that often. Like everybody struggles with that comparison and, 
and just the fear that, oh no, I, I must I must be doing something wrong because I'm not getting the success results that, that I would expect. And Americans, Christians, American Christians, <laughs> we really tend to fall into that trap quite easily. You know, your church is healthy if, if you've got a, a thousand people going to it. It's not right. healthy if it's been stuck at a hundred for five years. That's, well, that's that just whole the assumption. healthy sheep reproduce and you yeah. know, it's, yeah. but I mean, you don't, the hard thing is, is so, um, so two things. So one thing that really bothers me now, um, you know, being a little more jacked up in my, my, uh, my twilight years of life, <laughs> um, is almost 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Getting close. Twilight. And it's, it's a little scary. Um, you know, is that whole, I hate things that are off limits. And I hate, I don't know if you had this, but like growing up in like some regards and like in like some churches, it was like, well, you just don't talk about that. Yeah. It's like, well, why? And um, something that like we've done just an example is like, you know, sex is one of those things where like, you just don't talk about, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not on the table. And so, you know, Cassie and I were talking about it and like, we don't, we want to make sure that our kids are completely honest with us. And so we are really open to the point of being painful about like everything. Mm-hmm. And it's been really good. And so it's like, you just like call it what it is. You say what it is and you're just honest about it. But in Christianity, there's been so many things that have been off limits. And it's like, you know, if you say that you're an awful person, right? Um, you're, you're, you're no longer whatever. And so what made me start thinking about a lot of this and kind of really thought about contacting you was I was in like um, a class and this guy was telling me about a podcast of two ex-Calvary pastors and it's called drunk as drunk ex pastors. <laughs> and these, did I tell you about this? I think you. I think we might have talked about it before. But yeah, go ahead. I'm. I'm. So I listen to a few of them. Like so, like when I go shopping, like I'll listen to a podcast because you know, I'm an introvert and I don't want people talking to me while I'm shopping. Yeah. <laughs> so if I have my earphones and they're not going to talk to me, yeah. I'm a terrible person. But um, so I, and I can't hear anybody else and I can't see anybody else. So I've you know, uh, but. So I listened to a few of their podcasts and it's, it's honestly really, it's sad, but it's understandable. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of tell their story and you're just like, it's sad and it's understandable. And then like I was listening to, um, I don't know if you kind of fell into, my nephew is really, really into them, uh, Rhett and Link. Oh yeah. I I watched him like years ago. I never really got super into him, but then I heard about their, their story. Yeah. 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 And so like you hear about all these things and it's like, you know, it's taboo to talk about it. And it's like, well, why, you know, why is it? I mean, like you, like you talked about, you know, everybody has these stories about, you know, being hurt and, you know, Cass and I were talking to some friends and they were talking about how their church had hurt them in the past. So mm-hmm. they left for a while, but they didn't know where to go. So then they went back, but then the hurts back now again, you know, the same situation's back again. So they're kind of going, well, now we don't know what to do. And if you don't, if you don't deal with the hurt, it's always going to be there. I love um, you know, and people might hate this, but I think this guy really helped me. So I'm just going to put it out there. I know it's like, uh, everybody says it nowadays, but I love, uh, Jordan Peterson and how he kind of like says things. And he says, um, if you bring up a memory and it still bothers you, then it's a problem. Then you haven't, you haven't sorted it out. Mm. And so I'm, I'm a shower thinker. Like I, I take a shower and I oh, think yeah. about everything I've said throughout my whole life. <laughs> and like, I commute. Very long showers. And, yeah. <laughs> Like, like, what are you doing? I'm thinking. <laughs> it's been eight and hours. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, while I'm driving, I think about stuff. And like, I I have this horrible like recall. I can recall 
any painful memory or any embarrassing memory, like almost like perfectly in my head. And it is just like with perfect and like, I feel that shame and that overwhelming like grief of it. And I'm like, okay, so why do I not like this? Okay, because I was like this, because mm -hmm. I was like that. And like, I can address those things. It's like, okay, I don't want to be like that. And so then it comes again. And it's like, all right, so what else didn't I like about this? Like, or am I afraid that I am still like this? Um, right. And so I think it's healthy to just, you know, talk about those things to put them out there. I mean, not to get weird, but like, I know a lot of people don't like psychology, but like Freud, I mean, that's what that was his basic premise. You know, if you speak about it, you, you can work through it. And mm -hmm. there's there is power not to get weird, but there's power in the spoken word. There's power when you speak things out mm -hmm. and you kind of put it out there and you're like, all right, I'm forming this into a coherent sentence. And then those sentences into strings of sentence. Yeah. And I'm making a, you know, like I'm putting my thesis out there, even though yeah. I might not know that's what I'm doing, yeah. but I'm basing, I'm telling you the story because I'm basing it on this yeah. experience, you know, a, good or bad. Stories are powerful things. Like that's why yeah. we're drawn to story. That's why anything that is enjoyed by us typically has some form of story to it. And I think mm -hmm. that's something God's put in us. So yeah, it's not that, that it's like mystical, magical. It's just that it is a powerful thing to do, to actually tell your story, tell the truth, you know, be, be vulnerable and be real. Um, I, I love just hearing that there, you know, you have gone through stuff that you've, you've experienced things where it challenged you, you, you got to be a little more real and raw. I think that's something Alicia and I both have struggled with in our past. And then when we broke through that, it was a whole new struggle. So even yeah. in, in getting through the willingness to be real and transparent, it still comes with its own sets of struggles. And it's just while we're here on this earth, it's broken and fallen and it will be until Christ returns and, you know, redeems and restores everything uh, in completion. And I, I, I just, I have to remember that sometimes because there's so much yeah. brokenness that can like take over and I can just quickly lose sight. I, Alicia and I've been talking quite a bit lately where the, the story of Peter stepping out of the water onto the, the waves that Jesus calls him out. Um, everybody remembers that Peter sank but he sank mm -hmm. because he got his eyes off Jesus and he got his eyes off Jesus because he looked at the wind and the waves and was overwhelmed. It's so analogous to the way our Christian life works. Like we, we do it all the time. And yet Peter wasn't like chastised for it. He was the only one that got out of the boat. Like he was the right. only one who was like, if you tell me I can do this, I can do this. I believe. And it's like, I want to have that faith that is like, I, I can get out of the boat. Um, and then it, I want to have the faith that's like, uh, oops, I messed up again. I'm, I, I looked over to my left and, <laughs> you know, help and pull me up again. And, um, I want my, my whole life to just be reflective of, uh, he, he trusted in Jesus. Like, that's what I want on my tombstone yeah. is not, he was, he was a successful person or something. I really want to say like, he was faithful and trusted Jesus and Jesus is good. E even though he would say, uh, even though I am not. So I think that's something too, like as we're, you know, spinning this idea around and we're, we're kicking around what we want this to look like, we don't know exactly. We're getting out of a boat and we're, we're just like, God, if you want to use this in some way, and, and if it's just one person that, that mm -hmm. hears it and goes, oh man, I had, I had a struggle like that once, or I, I too have walked away from my faith because we don't know where things will, will end up. And 
again, we're required to be faithful, not successful. It's not about us successfully converting or intellectually um, beating someone at a game of chess, um, you know, as far as like spiritual discussion goes or something. Well, people don't get saved from that. I mean, I remember, so my mom hammered apologetics into me, like as a kid, like just crazy. And I hated it, you know. And the cast says, you're so good at it. Like, you should teach the kids some of that. I'm like, I just hate it. Like, I hate, because like, I would listen to like the Bible answer man and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, I just was like, oh man. And so then when we went to Bible college, there was a few people that, I remember one of the arguments I got into, there was a few people that were just really just argumentative about everything, you know, and they were like, we have attained this, you know, super knowledge. I, I remember one time I asked somebody something and they had this like theological thing. And they looked at me and they go, if I told you it could compromise your faith and, and you might not be a Christian anymore. And I was like, how arrogant are you? And they're like, what? I was like, this is the most <laughs> arrogant thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Yeah. You're basically saying you've achieved some sort of greatness. Yeah. And that your your knowledge supersedes everybody else. You got the divine secret Gnostic knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And so I remember, so I remember this. I am pro anyway, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was a teacher that would fill in. And he was this guy that would make everybody question everything, you know. And so I, I, he was, he taught in our Ephesians class sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember him. I don't remember his name. I, I remember, yeah. I don't remember yeah. his name actually. But I, I did I not him. like that guy at all. And I think you and I talked about it during like the break <laughs> of Ephesians, because. But um, anyway, I remember we were like in the lunch line, and there was this person like that I knew that was like just saved, you know, and they had come out of a lot of bad stuff, and they were just trying to do the right thing. And this guy was hammering them, like, just, you you should be doing this, and you should be doing this. And I just remember going, dude, you need to calm down. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, has anybody ever been saved from anything you've ever said to them? Has <laughs> anybody ever been encouraged? Like, I was, like, furious, man. Yeah. And I let him have it, and I think I got out of the lunch line, because I was just like, I can't be near this guy. Like, I've lost but my I appetite. Felt, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know. <laughs> but, um. Like, I just felt for that person. Like, I felt like somebody should stand up. And I think that's kind of like what this is born out of, you know? Like, I don't know. Do you remember Ken Ham released a book called, like, Already Gone, like, probably, like, eight or ten years ago? Did you ever see that? Um, Probably, yeah. Yeah, it has, like, a girl, you know, it's like a real, like, melancholy, you know, cover. You know, she's just, like, sitting on a couch, like, looking like, you know, all hope has left her because, mm-hmm. you know. And basically, his, his whole book's about how the next generation is just basically leaving the faith because... It's kind of like the children of Israel where they didn't really model it. And mm-hmm. the kids are just kind of like, well, why would I want this? Like, if there's nothing to church, if there's nothing to this besides just going, like, mom and dad, you're different at church in here. And you have different faces you put on. So why do I want this? And to me, like, the people who are successful and the people who, I hate to put it this way. So the people who like are Christians and say, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm staying a Christian, like why? Like how how are you able to maintain that? Because everything's going to happen in your life, good and bad. Like you're just going to experience things. And then the people who say I was, but now I've walked away, like why? Like what was that? What was the purpose of that? Like I think, you know, it's it's not just interesting, but it's it's also helpful to me because I can say, well, I'm not the only one. And so you can identify with people, but you can also be encouraged and then you can say Oh, wow, that's a really good point. I never really thought of it that way. And then I, I don't think we should ever be afraid of knowledge, right? Yeah. Like there shouldn't be that, like I was talking about, like those things that are off limits. Um, one of my, one of the periods I hate um, historically are any of those periods where 
this is going to sound really bad, where like the church took over and they were like, you can't paint that anymore. Yeah. You can't do this and you can't do that because it's this and this is the way art needs to be. And this is the way literature needs to be. And it's like, well, typically like there was a lot of corruption even in the church at that mm -hmm. time. So it's like, this isn't even a good solid thing. Like it's not out of a great spirit. Um, and I, and I, I think that's the reason why um, I'm really glad I started watching The Chosen after talking to you and you saying, yeah, it's not, it's not bad. I love how they just make Jesus, like they really capture the spirit of Jesus. Like you can say whatever you want to about, oh, they're not following this and they're not following that, whatever. But they really capture, you know, the gentleness of Jesus and his spirit. And it's contagious. And you really see that and you go, that is what I want. I don't yeah. want this, you know, no matter where you are, if you go, I want Christianity and I don't, people want to have their life mean something and they want to leave behind a, a mark they want to leave behind something you know it's that whole thing like what do you want on your tombstone you know it's it's leaving behind behind a legacy and we all want that and it's like what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind and i know like you've met people and i've met people who just encourage you and who are just passionate and you're like that's what i want i want that passion for yeah. whatever it is and so i guess in my mind i'm curious what replaced that passion or is there nothing is it just kind of like a passionless existence in a sense mm-hmm well, I, I do think that it will be just very interesting to find that out. As in each person, their story is going to be different, and yet there's going to be a lot of crossovers and similarities, both in people who would say, oh, I'm still a follower of Jesus, and people who'd say, no, I gave that up. Uh, and mm -hmm. I, I think that it's it's largely going to depend upon discerning what their actual faith is in, like both right. the non-believer and the believer. because. Because I see it often, and even in my own life, I don't want to just like throw this out there like, yeah, it's all those other people and I'm innocent here. I, I genuinely know that there are times in my life that I, I've i become like Peter. I've sunk, but I didn't call out. I've just been like bitterly floating in the ocean and telling everybody, oh, I'm fine. You know, I'm leading worship. I'm fine. Mm -hmm. You know. But then all the people in the boat are looking at you going, well, yeah. you know, if he just would have stayed <laughs> in the boat. He'd They're just <laughs> yelling from the boat. Are you sure? <laughs> yep. Good. But you're, you're not actually in a boat, you know. <laughs> it's like, see you so, next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it, we, people in general and Christians in particular, we, we definitely drift. We, calling mm -hmm. us sheep is a very accurate description. We, we were talking about this earlier, uh, <laughs> that, you know, we're to be wise as serpents and, and harmless as doves. Or um, we, we tend to go for, like, the harmless side, but we aren't mm -hmm. very wise. We're not, we, we don't tend to do any postmortem on, like, what happened? What went wrong? You know, like you were saying, <laughs> let's dig into this a little bit and find out. And, and I think for both of us, we're like, I want to I know. Like, I, I just, in general, I want to know. Because what was different in me that even in the hard times, I've, I've kept my faith. Um, mm -hmm. it, and, and I honestly think that the, the difference, if I were to just like quickly on my toes here, be thinking about it, isn't anything to do with me uh, and how much I know. It's mm -hmm. more how well I know who I know. You know, it's, right. it's like you were saying in Jesus, the way he's portrayed in The Chosen, like I think they do a really good job. They do a very good job of what I think would be an accurate portrayal. Um, and really, you see Jesus in that, and you see the way that people just flock to him. They, they want to be around him, except yeah. for the people who are threatened by him. And it's, it's mm -hmm. the religious people. And the religious people just jack everything up. Like, you know, I, we have this conversation. We've had it with our foster daughter a couple of times because she, was, she, she uh, is 17, and she was talking with our then 10-year-old. 
And uh, our 10-year-old, she goes, she was telling her, no, Christianity is different than religion. And she was like, what, what do you mean? No, no, it's not. Like, <laughs> and so they come <laughs> to me, they're like, dad. And, and I'm all, actually, I get like, yes, technically it's a belief system in the world and the way the world understands belief systems is religion. But as a Christian, we understand that Christianity is a relationship and Mm -hmm. it's not about what I do and don't do. It's not about how well I perform. It's about how well Jesus Christ has performed for me and he has performed perfectly. And he has then provided that perfection to me through his blood. Like that is amazing. And every time I get off track, every time I start thinking like God has failed me in some way, um, or I have failed God in some way, I, I just like go back to that. And that that's what I mean. The person that I know, I, I, I go, I go, oh, it's not me. Well, I am, while I am a sinner, but it's also, it, it's not on me to save myself. Jesus has done it. Yeah. And I, I, I just remember and I'm drawn to like what the cross represents and what the resurrection represents and the hope that that gives and an understanding of why everything's broken. Mm-hmm. And when we get away from that, when we, we don't understand like that the system, the way the world is, is inherently flawed because human beings are inherently broken. Mm-hmm. And not just that they do sin, but sin literally resides within each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. And we have such a uh, just misunderstanding or we forget that, you know, we get our eyes off of the truth and we get our eyes off of Jesus and we don't question things. We don't ask, like, what, well, is this actually a good thing? We just rush into things. Um, and, yeah. and it causes us a lot of pain and a lot of heartache. And we got enough of that already being in a broken and fallen world. Like, if we can avoid heaping more just, of that just on ourselves. life in general. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting that you bring that up. Like, I was thinking about, like, while you're talking, like, um, some of the reasons is or are, you know. So, like, I, I've talked to like my parents, like my dad's side of the family was really jacked up. I mean, just awful, awful people. Um, my mom's side of the family was a bit less, but I mean, still like it was, it was not a functional, you know, kind of relationship. And, um, my parents like really trailblazed like this crazy, they went, you know, from where they were to like, you know, eons you know, beyond what their family was. And so like, my mom, like when I tell her stuff, she's like, I wish we would have done that with you guys. And it's like, well, mom, you just didn't know. Like you were just trying to work on that base stuff. And so I feel like there's a huge responsibility as a parent to like help my kids um, learn these things. And like one thing, like I told my son, he was kind of struggling this year with, um, this is his first year of high school and he was struggling with having a bunch of responsibility and he failed some classes in the sense of he wasn't turning stuff in. And like, I was talking to him and I was like, well, this is what you need to do. I need you to do this. And like talking to him about keeping safe on the internet and like all of this stuff. And I told him, I said, listen, here's the thing. I want to dictate everything in your life, but there's going to come a point where you're not going to ask me for my advice. And also I'm not going to have influence on your life in the sense I'm not going to be this dad figure as like an authority in your life. I'm going to be a dad as this person who lives in another house and, not, and you're an adult. And so I want to teach you to make those good decisions. So you make them yourself. And I think in learning these things and seeing this, like there's so much wisdom in people's lives that you can learn yeah. and so much stuff you can just say, gosh, I wish I would have known that. Like, and you know, you always hear people saying, oh, you should do this. And you're like, whatever old person, you know, mm-hmm. like, let me live my life. I'm young. And, but those things you just wish you could hear and um, just learn from, yeah. you know? Culturally, we, we have a, 
society that tends to shun older people. You know, if you're older, mm-hmm. you're a boomer, or if you're older than that, you know, you're you're just grandpa, grandpa or grandma that um, you don't know anything. You know, you're you're, you're just naive. quirky and you're useless. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> But, but the most influential people are, you know, on social media and there are 20 year olds right. who have made a million, like, oh, they figured it out. Playing um, the game or something. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. They... Yeah. And so it, it is, it's, it's interesting to hear you say that, like, but, and you're right, we're, our kids are going to have a point where they're not going to want to listen or mm-hmm. it, it actually, there's a point of it becomes inappropriate to be having that much influence or role in their lives without mm-hmm. their, you know, coming to you and asking, you know, it becomes controlling. Um, I, I remember homeschooling and I, I had this like revelation, if you will, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the point of most Christian homeschooling was to make your kids so righteous they don't need Jesus. Right. And that it really was, it it was, yeah, produce, make them behave real, real good. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and you'll keep them out of the world, keep them out of public school and they won't become sinners like the rest of everyone. And, and it's like that right there is where it it fails. It falls apart because our goal is not to do it all for them and, and make them do all the right things and jump through all the hoops. It actually is to to teach them in the way they should go, you know, Mm -hmm. and trust that that is the truth and it's right. And that they have a choice to follow that. And I think that it kind of brings us full circle on, on the Mm -hmm. point of what we want to do on the podcast. It's the sower in the seed again, all of these people we want to talk to and, and really want to find out, did we, uh, or did they have a point where they really genuinely had faith and they abandoned it or would they be that seed that was really just on the gravelly, you know, surface and it didn't really take root at all or whatever it might be. But the point is we as parents, we as Christians, our lives are just called to be faithful and to sow that seed. And I'm curious to see like, Hey, how did that seed sprout? How did it do? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, you know, you and I both know this, but others listening may not know. We, we want to talk to both sides. I want to hear from people like I love hearing encouraging stories like that, yeah. that they still love Jesus very much and that they follow him. Um, and, and I love I as, as sad as it is. I still love hearing from people who are like, yeah, I, I, I bailed. You know, it breaks mm-hmm. my heart. But I also it's not, um, oh, well, you just didn't know enough or, or something. That's not what I think usually. Uh, so, well, yeah, go ahead. So I was thinking about something, and I'm sorry, but um, I remember some of the things. So it's one of those memories that I have that I remember like almost perfectly, and like I regret not having the wisdom of what to say. But the problem is, is you know, pushing my twilight years. Like I finally feel like I have a tiny bit of understanding of life, mm-hmm. like enough to know I don't know enough, but enough to know like you know I know a little. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. But I remember, and I'll just, you know, I'll say it because I don't think he would have a big deal. But like, you know, Cassie and I had been married for a few years and we had Eli and Xander, like our two oldest. And like I was doing church and like it was like, I mean, it was like all consuming, man. I mean, like, you know how it is to like study. Like it was, Mm -hmm. I mean, Saturday night, I would stay up to like three in the morning studying because I would, I tried to do it during like the day and I just felt like a terrible parent. So I would just stay up all night studying and, yeah. and so anyway, 
uh, buddy was coming through here and um, he was like, hey man, I'm coming through on beyond Wednesday. I was like, hey, and this was a guy that him and I were like, I mean, we were so close in Bible college. I mean, like we were, we did so much and we talked so much. We did like um, the talent shows together and we would all, I mean, like, I love this guy and we just, we just had a tight, tight bond, you know? And he was like, yeah, man, I want to see you and Cassie. I'm like, hey, if you want to come to church on Wednesday, like, I was like, I'm sorry, like, I, I can't ditch out on it. Like, there's nobody I can give it to. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just me. I was like, but I'd love to have you there. Like, if you want to, like, do one of your songs or whatever, you know. And he's like, no, I'm good. And I was like, okay, man, I'm not going to push it, you know. And so he comes over and we're talking and, you know, we put the kids to bed and we're talking around the dinner table, kind of reminiscing. And then... Like, I was like, so I was like, just kind of things came up and he was like, uh, he's like, oh, you don't know. And I was like, uh, what, what, what don't I know? Like, I'm sure I don't know. And he's like, he's like, well, I'm not a Christian anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. And I remember feeling like really defensive. Like I had to defend like, um, what I believed in order to validate myself. Mm -hmm. And I wish I would have been like a little more understanding because I was like, and maybe it's the outside looking in, but I just remember him being like, um, I was like, why dude? Like, what the heck? You know, like I was like offended. Like he like had killed, like, because in a sense, what I felt was he killed the person I loved because I loved him for who he was. And I felt like that person was dead. Mm -hmm. And he was just like, he's like, well, you know, I didn't really have my dad around and I just, I don't understand how somebody could love me. And he goes, you know, I don't get it, Jared. He goes, like, I had a really good job paying a lot of money and everything was going good. And it just felt like it was too good to be true. And he's like, that's why. And I was like, what the heck does that mean, dude? Like, mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where I wish, like, in my mind now, I could go back to, you know, 20-something-year-old Jared and just be like, listen, like, just listen. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to give advice, you know, because typically you don't know what to say. Yeah. Let's just be honest. And uh, um, the gospel is not good advice, you know, <laughs> yeah, <really. That's> good. <laughs> so many people approach it that way. Let me give you some good advice. It's, yeah. it's good news. It's, it's probably not best advice for your life. Um, yeah. In fact, you know, your life uh, will get harder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think about those things and um, just, you know, wishing that I just would have allowed him to talk and just kind of, you know, be a place where somebody could vent. And you know, one friend I knew really well, um, Courtney, like she was, I mean, but like, she's one of those people, like he just feels like uber godly. And like Cassie was the same way, just really sweet. Like I was, I was, I feel like I'm always like the most immature person in the room, you know? you become um, a curmudgeon. <laughs> it's, it's just like, it's so hard because at the maturity level my wife was when she was 19, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> but maybe I am, I don't know. But um, yeah, it just mellowed out a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's it's actually a sign of maturity that you can look back on yourself and go, oh, that guy, <laughs> like, and and go, I'm I'm really glad I'm not there anymore. And I know in five more years I'm gonna look back and go, wow, I'm glad I grew out of that too. Like that's our that's our whole life. Like, <laughs> what, what is that? All the Christian life is all of all of life is one of repentance, you know, and and yeah. and it really is. And it's not just like this, like come to the altar and you know, weep, wail, and moan, and, and repent in that sense. It's it's seeing in your life the parts that the Holy Spirit within you shines light into, and you go, that's not that's not actually good for me. I don't want that mm -hmm. anymore. Um, I think it becomes more, like, there are big moments where it's like, oh, man, that, 
that drug addiction or something like that. I'm so <laughs> glad that's over uh, and yeah. God delivered me. But we tend to maximize these major moments and minimize the rest of sin, you know. Yeah. And, and all the things in us that as, as the Spirit of God is making his home within us, uh, it, it just becomes a, a natural state of going, oh, yeah, he's moving, he's moving around through the house of my heart, I think, and opening doors, and, um, and I don't want him to. You know, I don't want that to be revealed. Um, yeah, let's, let's keep this one for later. Yeah, and, but it's like— here's, it's his, here's one you can mess with. Yeah, <laughs> it's his love and his mercy that he— does those things it's yeah. it really is it's that doctor like uh, a few years ago um our oldest she had to have her appendix out and oh, wow. all our kids have blood conditions that um, yeah, I remember you tell me, yeah yeah and they they can't have surgery like normal kids at risk of bleeding so it ended up being this whole ordeal but when they had to check her you know the doctor comes along and they push here and they push here and they're like does this hurt here does this hurt here and I think it's such an analogy for our spiritual lives. Like, I think God comes along, the great physician, and he, he pushes, he allows things to come along, in fact, and push. And mm-hmm. where those things, you know, cause you to go, ow, or, or get angry and, uh, and lash out, that's a good sign that there's something there. You know, it, yeah. um, it's not just, oh, well that I was, you were just mean. You just, you came along and you made me get mean, <laughs> you know, or something. I, I really think that that is so much of our, our lives and not being able to like, look at that pain, look at those areas, look at our past and, and grow from it can be, um, very debilitating and, yeah. and cause a great deal of immaturity throughout our lives. And often, you know, especially our culture, we tend to blame everything on somebody else. So, well, it's easier that way. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the thing is, is you, you don't have to, to clean it up. I, I, I work with a guy um, at times and worked with guys that where it's like, nothing is ever their fault, mm-hmm. you know? And it's so hard because like the culture, you know, we both work in it. Like the culture is, you know, you never did anything wrong. It was somebody else. Yeah. You know, it was somebody else doing something. And I started doing a thing which was hard because like you get a it's not the easy way to do it but like if i made a mistake like i was just like i made a mistake i'm sorry and they're like what did you do and i was like i know exactly what i did and i thought it was the right thing and this is what happened and yeah but yeah. i fixed it yeah and it's one of those things where it's like i've done it and someone's like well don't do it again and i was like yeah yeah that's that's the plan that's that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the hope yeah right and but you get to that level where it's like, you know, hopefully, and this is what I'm striving for as I do it, it's just like, you know, that transparency. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you did that. And it's like, uh, well, yeah, I probably did. Um, you know, I'll just have to be more careful next time or I'll look out for that. And they're like, oh, it's almost like disarming. Right. It's like, I can't believe you accepted blame. And it's like, I, I mean, it's, and, 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 you know, there's always that like, I used to do it, um, you know, like that false, like martyr thing. So oh, I guess I'll take all the blame like I always do. You know, mm-hmm. somebody's got to, <laughs> somebody's got to be the adult around here, you yeah. know, and it's, <laughs> but, you know, not that just, you know, taking responsibility for your life and just saying, yeah, this is, this yeah. is me. Yeah. I think there's I, a song that says that, isn't there? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Greatest I, Showman. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Yes. Um, it, it is true though. I found that as I, I adopted that same sort of attitude as like Alicia and I would get into a disagreement about something and argue. And uh, if she, if I tried to suddenly go, can I honestly and transparently look at myself and just own it 
And yeah, and if she would point something out, I now when I started doing it, I think it initially caught her off guard. But it, she'd be like, "Well, listen, this is what you did, and this is what happened, and whatever." And I'd go, "You're right. Yep, I, you're you're 100 percent right. I totally own that." I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, and it just was, it was like, <laughs> what do you do with that? And it, it changed me too, because there's something to the further we go with resisting the harder our hearts get. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, it's like lying. You know, you've got a, I lied about this and now I got to lie to cover that lie. It's sort of the same thing when we resist being willing to, uh, own our own dirt, you know, and own our own crap. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's true. Uh, so much in in every area of our lives but well Jared the show is going to be called Dude How's Your Faith and you guys can be looking for that wherever podcasts are sold no wherever podcasts are posted Uh, and we hope that it does well you know we're going to give this a a test run and see how it goes and um, we're excited to to just launch out and try something a little different here if it goes nowhere hey we at least get to have these awesome conversations yeah Sure.